So I was reading an article and thought this would probably be a really fun conversation to have on the podcast. So that's what we're going to talk about today is that article that I was reading and that conversation. And it was really around disruptive trends that you will see in 2021 for leadership. Um, And there were a couple of things that really just kind of stood out to me. So I thought it would be fun to kind of walk through those and just kind of talk through them. So one of the first ones on the list was actually around turnover, people quitting, moving, leaving, moving on to new jobs. And it's interesting because as someone who has worked, who works in the coaching industry and who has worked with people who are transitioning careers, right? So career coach, in addition to this leader coach portion, I am actually agreeing with this trend. I am definitely seeing more um, inclination that this is what's happening. So you still have that, I don't know, large group of folks who, whether they've been terminated or their company has been downsized and they're letting people go, whether they're quitting just because they're miserably unhappy. So there's a lot of people who are in this unemployed state right now for any reason, fill in the blank, and on working on transition into a new job. But what I'm seeing on my end as a big trend is people who are reaching out and wanting to start putting a focus on their career development and start thinking about those career changes that they might want to be making in the very near future. So they don't necessarily have a plan. They haven't quit yet. Uh, Matter of fact, their job might not be horrible. It just might not be what they want for the long term. And they're starting to reach out and be a little bit more aware of that and spend the next year, this 2021 time kind of getting prepared for that. So making sure the resume looks good, updating their LinkedIn, starting to do some networking because we're finding a lot of jobs are being found just through networking, not through traditional applying for jobs on job boards. So this trend is definitely one that I completely agree with. Um, Some of the reasons why really are, you know, I mean, they really truly are going to be across the board. But when you think about it, here we are, we're all stuck at home. And we're in this kind of virtual and remote state where we're spending more time with either roommates, friends, families, or by ourselves, perhaps, depending on kind of what our working living situation is. But we also have this sort of lack of boundaries. Many of us, some people are very, very good at boundaries. I have to admit, um, I have times where I'm good and I have times where I'm bad. And we've talked about this on the podcast a lot before in the past. Things as simple as me having an office with a door that closes That's a huge boundary for me. And that gives me the space to not only allow people to not come in and bother me, (laughs) child specifically, um, but also for me to, when I'm done with work, log off the computer, walk out that door, close that door and not come back in the office. So that certainly does make it easier for me. So having those boundaries, whether they're physical or not, do help. But some of us are waking up. The very first thing we're doing is going to our computer. Even if we take a little walk or a break, or maybe we work out in the middle of the day. I mean, there's there's definitely potential for some breaks and some periodic stretches, but we're pretty much working all the way up until the end. You know, we might stop for dinner, but oh, maybe we'll just pop back on and check a couple of email, clean it up before we go to bed, just make sure it looks good. So as those boundaries are really being stretched and pressed, it will be very challenging for people to be happy in those situations. So even if we do really have a great job, um, it is hard for us when we stretch our boundaries that much to be okay with that. We all reach that sort of tipping point of, I still need to have my personal life no matter how much I love this job. Um, So when we think about this trend of more people leaving from 
an employee perspective yourself, really make sure you're focused on boundaries as being a key piece and reason as to why. From a managerial standpoint, be looking out for that and supporting your team. How can you help your team have better boundaries? How can you encourage your team not to work into the midnight hours? And there could be a lot of strategies around this. It could be things as simple as you not emulating that behavior, right? Are you doing it and they're just copying what you're doing? Um, or t- just talking about it, starting to have conversation, really setting priorities, really setting expectations, you know, helping them with that boundaries piece. I think that being a manager or a leader in this pandemic time just looks completely different than it has in the past. Um, whether it is the, some of the skills we've talked about, those um, emotional intelligence components like empathy being so strong. I mean, frankly, that's really related to what we're talking about here with boundaries as well. Like, how are you pulling on that empathy piece and giving um, the right support, more support as needed? But really just kind of recognizing that as a manager, hey, I might have to help my person remember that boundaries are important and I might have to step in. And that's something that maybe you would not have done in the past. So it's just something interesting to kind of be thinking about. From a managerial perspective, you know, brainstorm for yourself, your company, the culture of the company, the culture of your team. What are those other things that we could be doing to ensure that we aren't having heavy turnover, that we aren't seeing people lose and we aren't seeing people leave? You know, and and it could be anything from any company. Like, are you providing the right form of recognition? Um, Are you giving people the support that they need? Are you giving them opportunity to grow? You know, the list goes on and on and on and on. And it's not necessarily monetary, right? Um, It's not necessarily raises and titles, uh, but you won't know that unless you really talk to your people and get clarity also around what is important to them. Because if title is important to them, then that's something you better be working on. So all to say, um, The expectations on managers are significantly different in this year and just being really clear with yourself on what those are and why and how you can impact them, if you will, um, will make a huge difference. So that first one being kind of, we're just going to see a lot of that, that turnover, people quitting, people leaving, people wanting to try, you know, new things. The other thing that is a little bit painful (laughs) to hear, but very true is this idea that things aren't necessarily going to be going back to normal, quote unquote, normal for a long time. And by normal now, we mean normal literally a year ago when pre-pandemic, right? Um, We've now created what people use the term new normal, which I don't know about you. I hate that term, but people use these terms, new normals. What does it look like? But things are still just going to be different. It doesn't mean we're not adapting. It doesn't mean we're not making it work. It doesn't even mean we're unhappy, right? And none of those things necessarily is what it means. It just means it's not going to look exactly the same. Think about um, maybe even like five years ago. Think back. What's some things you would have done five years ago that you just can't even have a vision for being possible in the exact same way in the near future? Now, for some people, that might be vacations and things like that. But even think about like a conference. When was the last maybe like work event or work conference that you went to? Uh, Public speaking event that you did or public speaking event you listened to? Networking event where you walked around and you shook hands with people? You know, these types of things. Yeah, it's going to look different. And I'm not saying that they aren't going to happen. But the reality is it's not going to be exactly the same. So the only reason that really matters is just to be thinking about, are there habits that I need to be changing? Um, what awareness do I need to draw to that? How do I need to cope with it? And then beyond that is how are the people around me coping with that? So I kind of harp on that. If you're a manager, how are you ensuring on this with your people? But even just friends, families, you know, all that kind of stuff. What's it looking like for everyone? 
um, just a little bit different for all of us. Now, this is a good kind of segue into this, the remote work thing. And we already talked about, you know, working from home and boundaries and stuff there. But the reality is our home base is just like the hub for everything now. I mean, really, even if you're someone who still finds ways to get out a lot, or even if you're someone who still gets a chance to go into the office periodically, your home definitely becomes your hub because at any moment there could be a some sort of shutdown where it's like we got to shift back to home or maybe in your office someone gets sick and they send everyone home for two weeks or you know whatever the case might be. But the idea is it really does become that home base, that center. So I think that's important because it's really critical to make sure that we are set up for success. You know, remote work is no longer like this luxury of, yay, I get to work from home. It's so exciting, but it's now become more like a necessity. And how does that shift things for us when we go from luxury to necessity? Is it as fun? Is it exciting? Do we like it? Are we happy about it? Are we angry about it? And everyone probably has some vastly different emotions. So, I mean, are you set up? Um, in a way that feels good to you. You know, we talk about this all the time with the boundaries piece, but the office space, or if you have to work from your couch, do you only work from the left side of the couch in the morning? And then the right side of the couch is where you watch TV. I mean, I don't know, but something where you're drawing some lines and some boundaries so that you're kind of able to get used to this idea that my home is now my hub and having this ability to be a virtual worker or to work remote has now become more of a necessity than this luxury. It's no longer, oh, I just really want to have some me time and want to sit in my PJs and, and work today. So I'm going to work from home. It's more, no, you have to do that. You don't really have a choice. So what does that look like for you? Does that mean instead of sitting around in the PJs that you get in the shower and you do your hair and you maybe for... Um, you're really feeling like it, you um, put on your your work badge (laughs) just so that you feel like you're sitting at your desk. Um, You know, what are those things that will make you feel like you're at work? Putting on shoes. I know that just sounds so strange, right? But actually like putting on a pair of shoes and feeling that that pressure and weight of the shoe on your foot, like how does that change your workday? So how can you treat that workspace like a workspace, even though it is your home space. Um, How can you draw that line? I remember when I worked at Boeing years ago, at the time, remote work was very rare. And when people were doing it, um, it was really more, it was more out of necessity. It was, it was needed for some reason or another. And um, I remember talking to this one guy who he had a process where he worked. um, I can't remember what the split, it was like a weird split shift where like he worked every other Friday at home for four hours or something strange like that. And it was really to accommodate um, a work from home or a a home schedule thing that he had going on, but it was this nice luxury that they gave him. So every other Friday he was home for four hours, but he also had small children at home. So he would get himself set up in his office. He would dress like he was going to work, button down shirt, tie. He would put his badge on. And then that way the kids would be really clear. Oh, daddy's going to work. Like they couldn't bother him because they knew he was going to work. So even though he was in that room with the door shut, you know, he would maybe come out on occasion or they would maybe even bust in, but they would see dad's got his tie on. Dad's got his badge on. He probably even had like his headset on back when we used to wear our big wired headsets for all of our phone calls. Uh, And that would mean it was work time and it was not time to bother him. So he could just kind of power down and get those four hours done. Now it's funny to think of that in the setting of that was a so, so, so long ago um, and only a four hour span of time, like I mentioned. 
but extremely important, like just to draw that line, to draw that boundary, something a little bit more physical, something where others around us can see that and really get it. So don't be afraid to put the shoes on. Don't be afraid to put the badge on if it really seems to help you draw that line and remind yourself that, um, yeah, this is now a necessity. This is not a luxury. But then how can you also sort of pause and reflect on that a little bit too, in the sense that, hey, this is still kind of cool, or this is really great. And and everyone's going to have different opinions as to why it's good and whether they like it at all. Um, but what are the positives of it, right? So just sort of harping and reminding yourself of the positives, whether it's hard for you to come up with those or easy for you to come up with those, be reminding yourself of those positive things that do come with it so that you can keep your head afloat and not get into that space where you feel like you instantly need to move and transfer jobs as well. If it's truly a job you like to do and you don't want to leave, then you don't want to be focused on that. So make sure that you're reminding yourself of those positive things um, mixed in with all of it. The other thing that um, really does keep coming up as a topic of, of conversation, it was touched on in this article, but it's something I'm hearing all, all, all the time. It's just this idea of regardless of how fast things are changing. So whether the change is happening fast or the change is happening slow, we as people and teams and companies really need to be a lot more agile. You know, we hear the word resilience a lot. Um, Resilience is an interesting one. I set myself, I was listening to, oh, it's going to bother me that I can't remember what I was listening to now. I was listening to uh, I think it was just the news, actually, now that I say that. And they were talking about really understanding the difference between resilience and exhaustion. Now, just let that kind of sink in for a minute, resilience and exhaustion. So a lot of times um, from an external perspective, we'll see people moving, pushing, going forward, getting through it. Um, what's going on for them? Like, wow, look at them. They are resilient. They're just powering through this challenge. They're powering through this, this big change and they're just pushing, pushing, pushing. Is it resilience or is it exhaustion? Are they doing it because they have to do it? Are they doing it because if they don't, the impact will be worse. So that's just something really to think about when you're looking at the people around you and surrounding you. Um, are you witnessing resilience? Are you witnessing them taking this challenge and this hard time and finding a way to push and power through it? Or are you witnessing exhaustion where they're just moving? They're keeping the pedals moving because if they stop, they're going to fall, crash, and crumble. And that's the last thing that we need for our peers, for our friends, for our family, for our employees, all of the above, right? So make sure that you are crystal clear on the difference between resilience and exhaustion and how to really dive in and witness that for those around you. That'll probably be something that Randall and I can dive into and talk about a little bit more in a future one, uh, but just something to kind of keep in mind because it's so critical in this kind of remote world right now. But as I mentioned, closely linked to that too is this concept of agility. So how are we sort of shifting? How are we just making sure that we are moving along in that literally agile way so that um, we can recognize that things might have to be done differently than they were done before. And for a number of reasons, right? There might be actual limitations. There might be literally physical ones, like here we're talking about remote and all of that. Um, but that's just the reality. Things are going to change. And what are we doing to sort of adapt with some of that change? Are we being flexible? Are we being flexible with our own style? 
um, especially if you are a leader as well? Are you being flexible for your team? Um, are you, if you're not the leader, but you're the employee, are you being flexible for your manager? Recognizing that, you know, it's tough for them too right now. So how can you sort of adapt and evolve and be a little bit more open and willing to change to things that they're asking you to do? Because most likely they're asking you because there aren't other, there aren't a lot of other good options. And if there are, have a conversation around that, you know, Hey, I see some other options. Can we talk about that? You know, keep the lines of communication open, especially in this remote time when it's very easy for the lines of communication to either close or start to feel like they're closing a little bit. Sometimes they can feel like they're closing a little bit just because we're not seeing each other face to face. We might actually be talking more in terms of text, Slack, email, you know, messenger typing, essentially. Um, but is it quality conversation? Is it quality communication? Are you still feeling that connection with it? So with conversation, it needs to have that sense of connection. Um, it's not just about volume, right? It's not who can write the most emails. It's who can relay a message that really sinks in for those around us. So anyway, so how are you as a person being agile for others around you, even in that personal sense too, like at, a, at home, um, is someone around you really struggling and you need to recognize that, Hey, maybe I need to adapt and evolve. Like my roommate, it was, um, not cleaning the dishes in a timely manner, but I recognize that they are extremely stressed. They've been working 60, 70 hour work weeks, maybe I need to give them some flexibility, right? So where, where does that flexibility need to kind of come in, um, even in an area where maybe you wouldn't expect it, um, but it's, it, it, it's really important. Uh, flexibility truly can be this like superpower, this ability to be flexible with others um, and use it as a conversation tool as well. Like, how can I support you with this? Or, hey, I'm, I want to be flexible and, and bend um, to what you need. What are those needs? You know, use that as a, a powerful tool to support those around you as well. So agility, flexibility, and then kind of being aware of that difference between resilience and exhaustion, that big difference between resilience and exhaustion and making sure your communication is good quality communication. Again, I use that example of it's not who can type the most words, it's who can have the powerful message sink in with those around you. Um, all of these feel like, you know, these words I'm hitting on and these key points in this last kind of whatever, two minutes here, they feel like, like no brainers, right? They feel like no brainers and they feel like things that this should be happening all the time. This shouldn't just be a 2021 thing. And all of that is true, but the reality is we are in a little bit of a different space right now. You know, going back to that thought of the the normal or the new normal, or um, will there ever even be some sort of normal? And really kind of harping in on that a little bit to think through that things are just going to look a little bit different. Um, and even the things that we've always said are important may now be more important than they were before. Priorities are shifting, right? So 2021, if that's anything, is a good reminder of how priorities are shifting. So what priorities are shifting for you? What priorities are shifting for the people around you? What priorities are shifting for your teammates, for your coworkers, for your boss, for your employees? What priorities are shifting? And how can you be a part of supporting those shifting priorities in a way that make others around you feel good and supported? I mean, really, that's what it's all about. Um, so think about this concept of we may not be in this new normal for a while. We need to be agile. We need to be flexible. 
Uh, people are thinking about changing careers. I might even be thinking about changing careers. Like, right, what are those conversations you're having with yourself? Uh, and what differences are things going to produce for you? Or excuse me, better way to say that, like, what do you expect to be different for you about 2021 because of all of this? Is it going to be in the way that you do your career development? Is it going to be in the way that you converse with your team? Is it going to be in the way you converse with your family? Is it going to be in the boundaries? Like, what are those things that you want to do differently here in 2021? How are things showing up for you? And why does that matter for you? So a little bit of uh, reflection homework, if you will, kind of thinking through some of this. But you know, the reality is here we are, 2021 really does look different for all of us for different reasons. And we probably will not expect things to be back to normal for anytime soon. We probably will continue to see high turnover. We probably will continue to see leaders, cultures, and companies changing uh, to at least try to be a little bit more agile, flexible, and resilient or failing because they're not able to do that, which then leads to back to point number one, which is why we're seeing so many people changing as well is the companies that they're in, the people surrounding them aren't being open to those changes and aren't making those changes that they need to be making to make this year successful as well, um, which drives us then to go find another role and another job. So it's come full circle from the very beginning of the conversation. It's come completely full circle. Um, but anyways, so disruptive trends in 2021, what do we think we'll continue to see? Uh, what do we think will continue to be important? The only thing really that I didn't touch on deeply and I just sort of glanced over cursory is this idea of empathy. So think about empathy too. Um, how does that really play in for you, for those around you? How can you possibly be a little bit more empathetic, meet people where they are? What trends are going to impact you, you know, and pop over to LinkedIn and talk to me about it. What trends are going to impact you? What changes do you think you need to make? What do you need to draw awareness to for yourself? And just where you are at here in this 2021 season, um, and maybe next year we'll be having the same conversation, but it'll probably look completely different. And there'll be some different words besides agile and resilient, because I'd love to add some new, new and different words to my conversations. <laughs> but for now, I will leave you with that. Um, please head on over to LinkedIn and send me a note, send me a message. Let me know what you thought about this one and what you think some of the trends are that maybe I didn't touch on. Have a good one. This episode of People Talking People was produced and edited by Jermaine McClellan, a.k.a. the Afrocentric Jukebox.